0: Hello and welcome to A Call for Love. I believe the most powerful gift you can offer yourself is to give and receive love more freely. I'm your host Linda Orsini, Meditation Guide and Spiritual Coach. Everyone has the desire to be seen, heard, respected and loved. The journey to becoming more connected to your greater purpose lies within the ability to live from the deep source of love within you. Let's begin. Let me introduce you to Jodi Pappas. She's the founder and skincare chief of Clean Kiss, a plant-based Canadian skincare brand that I have used and have really enjoyed and loved. Jodi started the brand in 2014 and in 2016 received her certification in organic skincare formulation after realizing her business idea had wings. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. Jodi completed her yoga teacher training in 2019 and then her Certified Nutritional Aesthetics Practitioner designation in 2022. Over the decades, as a mom to three young daughters and as a type A entrepreneur, Jodi got more and more immersed in the wellness culture. And I think this is where I'd like to begin with you today, Jodi. What do you mean you got so immersed in the wellness culture?
1: I mean, it happened over the years, right? It was a gradual, it was a gradual thing. But I think for myself and for many people that are in the wellness space, uh, it starts as a quest for knowledge, a quest for living a healthier life, um, not only for yourself, but for your family. And it you can become very engrossed in all of the information that you're taking in. And while we live in such an incredible day where we can get information so readily available at our fingertips, it can also be a little bit dangerous because we can get information from sources that maybe aren't uh, fully qualified or aren't seeing the full picture. And what I mean by that is I was very easily influenced as I sought more and more um, knowledge and information about health and about my body. I was very easily influenced by sources that maybe had a certain view that, you know, I'll give you an example. I was working with a personal trainer. I was trying to get my body into shape and she told me to never eat bananas. Bananas, a simple banana. Don't ever eat a banana. She said, don't (laughs) eat a banana. They are, um you know too many carbs too much sugar um you know you're never going to lose weight if you eat a banana so bananas oops, off my list <laughs> never going to eat a banana again so <laughs> gone right and then yeah. i had a doctor actually say to me don't eat any sweet fruit too much mm-hmm. sugar sweet yeah. fruit okay uh-huh. sweet fruit off my list okay don't eat anything that isn't organic oh okay off my list don't eat meat, off my list. You could see how um, there's a lot of don'ts, a lot of, you know, some do's, but a lot of don'ts. In the wellness space, it can be very, very confusing. It can be misleading. It can be really hard to navigate when you're getting all of this information, especially nowadays. We know social media can really i mean there's a reason why they're called influencers there's a reason why it's social media right it's not necessarily experts in some cases it is experts who are proliferating a certain viewpoint mm-hmm. so they're telling you they they could even be pushing their own agenda maybe they've written a book and so they're pushing an agenda that favors their philosophy that they've written about in their book as adults And hopefully for our kids who are teens or in their 20s or, you know, or older, we need to have that ability to be able to weed out proper information from misinformation. And that's quite frankly, what I fell victim to through a series of events. It's partially because I was, you know, so open to receiving information that I wasn't using my own critical lens to be able to see what was real and what was false, or what was realistic and what was not realistic. And so, for me, what ended up happening, Linda, over a course of many, many years, as I went through different health challenges, or as my kids went through health challenges, I was searching for a way to have, make my body be healthier and to be healthier. And so, if somebody would suggest something like, well, a simple banana. Should be excluded from your life because that could be the secret. Then I would go, okay, I'm gonna, I can live without bananas. That's fine. But then when you suddenly, you know, as I did, I got to a point where my list of things that I excluded from my life basically became, you know, a no fun life because that's the scary path that orthorexia can take you down, or that's the scary path that an eating disorder can take you down. And you know it's it's funny because you know I'm now 51 years old but when I was probably at my unhealthiest in terms of not loving my body, not not showing my body compassion or kindness or you know always trying to change my body because I was fearful of all the things that I was reading about and hearing about and I was fearful of of aging. I was fearful about my body getting out of shape. I was fearful of disease and things and that's how these things occur. Quite frankly, it just becomes overwhelming.
0: That's what happened to me. So, it led you down the path of orthorexia. It did. But so, I- what are the signs and symptoms that showed up? Like, how did you I everything that you're saying really resonates with me as being in the wellness field too and we can When we're so conscientious of being healthy, we're really like sponges soaking up everything. And then, of course, it can lead you down a slippery slope. So what did you find were your signs and symptoms? How did they show up in your life?
1: They showed up with heavy, heavy heavy-duty restriction. I named a couple of the things that were, you know, that were happening for me in terms of things that I was excluding. But that's not even touching, you know, the the tip of the iceberg in terms of what I just described to you. I'll give you an example. I would very much live my life by a rule book. So everything had to be very much um uh you know, very rigid, very um, prescriptive. So You know, it would look like this, Linda, I would be laying on my yoga mat and I would literally be laying on my mat in a time that we're supposed to be, you know, focusing on the breath, focusing on body and the body sensations and being aware, right? My mind would not shut off. I was spiraling. I would lay there on my mat, literally spiraling about what I ate that day, Mm -hmm. what I was going to eat for the rest of the day how much, you know, how many calories I had just burned and, you know, was I working hard enough and, you know, okay, if I didn't actually burn enough calories based on what I planned to eat that day, what else can I do today? And I would literally plan my day and my life around food, around exercise, around, you know, the calorie burn. And if I didn't do what I deemed to be an acceptable amount of you know, restricting or moving my body, then I would feel guilty. I would feel shameful and I would essentially punish myself by Mm. going into this next phase of restriction. So then the next day, like I would literally plan out, okay, then I just had something that I would deem indulgent. Maybe it was a banana, like seriously. (laughs) And then I would plan to restrict what I was going to eat the next day. Or I would do a double exercise and I would literally plan my day like that. So, you know, that's one example. I would never be able to shut my mind off. And that's a classic sign and symptom of orthorexia. If you are spending the vast majority of your time waking, you know, your waking hours, vast majority is thinking about food and your body and your body image, then you are in an unhealthy place. Because that's not what we should be spending our time doing. I'll give you some more examples. If I would have that one treat day where, you know, say my husband and I were going out for dinner for a special occasion, we're going out for dinner. And I would make sure like, okay, now I'm going to really go, oh, I'm just going to really enjoy but what that would look like. So, you know, I'd have an appetizer, I'd have a main course, maybe I'd have a couple glasses of wine and then I'd say, okay, let's have dessert. And that to me felt like a guilty pleasure. Let's have dessert, dessert. You can have dessert every day if you want. Like don't save it for a special occasion, but I would save it, okay? So if I say, let's say we would share a dessert. So I'd have half a dessert. I would lay awake all night, mm, all night feeling this cycle of guilt and shame and berating myself for being weak, berating myself for breaking my my restriction, breaking down. I felt like it was a personal failure that, you know, why would I do that? Why would I enjoy myself? Do I deserve pleasure? Why would I do that? And it was crazy how I would go through those those cycles in my mind. And, and you know, I would go out for dinners with girlfriends or you know with couples and friends and I would see people you know my friends are just freely eating dessert they're not sharing it and they're not judging it they're not questioning you know they would just say I feel like dessert and they would order it I couldn't do that to me I would have to give myself permission to do that it would have to have been something that I probably pre-planned in my mind to prep myself I'm going to have dessert I'm going to enjoy it But I never really enjoyed it because the guilt and shame would follow afterwards.
0: It reminds me of Buddha. He always said the middle path, like don't live in extremes. And I feel like orthorexia is an extreme place to be in your body and mind. I know I restricted food groups for many years, and now I've softened that much more mindful but we can be our own worst enemies for sure. And I know when you're in that place, you can't see it. What was the call for love? How how did you recognize this?
1: Well, it, it, there was a couple things that happened. So there was a couple defining moments, a couple catalysts to my to my healing. One of them, it was this day. My husband and I went to a friend's um, ski chalet for the day. And we were there skiing and, you know, the apres ski is just as fun as the skiing portion, right? So everybody's in the chalet, everybody's having a couple drinks and then they're having food. So there's pizza and there's like little sandwiches and there's burgers and fries and potato chips and people are eating all this stuff. And I'm absolutely starving after a day of skiing. I'm famished but I refused to eat any of that. I refuse to put any of that in my body out of principle. I would rather wait, the waiting turned into waiting. Oh, gosh, I probably waited 10 hours to eat. I went way too long without food. Like, as humans, you know, we can't, we can't go that long. I deprived myself so badly that day, that I was so ill. I was so sick. I was physically, you know, I was vomiting. I was just really unwell. And to the point that I actually convinced myself, I must have caught a flu. Mm. I didn't think it was anything that was self induced. So that happened. And that was scary. Like I thought, wow, like that's what have I become, but I didn't see that right away. Like that took me months to be able to reflect back on that. What actually happened, what actually kind of kicked me in the behind was I was doing the keto diet, which so many people are doing, not only Right now, because it's the new year and everybody sets these lofty goals, but it's been a trend for years, right? As we know, the keto diet was originally designed for people who were epileptic. It was a way to manage epilepsy, but it has now become a way for people to lose drastic amounts of weight in a short amount of time. I was doing the keto diet. I was meeting a couple of friends for lunch one day. I'm not a candidate for the keto diet, as many women are not. If you suffer from low blood sugar, low blood pressure, you know, adrenal overload, which, you know, your body, your, your adrenal glands are just on constant overload, as many women suffer from, especially if you're perimenopausal, menopausal, postmenopausal, like these often are counterindications for doing the ketogenic diet, by the way. So I felt always awful when I was doing this diet. I was lightheaded, like to the point where I was almost passing out, but I kept doing it because, you know, I couldn't eat till noon because that's, you know, I had this eating window and I would deprive myself of eating. And so I showed up at this lunch with a couple of girlfriends this one day and I was really off mentally. I was off physically. I was off. And this one friend looks at me and says, what are you doing? Are you okay? And I was like, I was miserable as all you know what. And like, I was just beyond like, I wasn't myself. I really wasn't myself. My personality was drastically altered. My mental health was suffering from doing all of this. And I told her what I was doing. And she said, you need to eat, like you need to eat some carbs. Like there's something going on with you. Of course, you know, that kind of opened my eyes. And then she started subtly sending me different links to different articles about the quote unquote wellness diet, which was sweeping the nation, which was sweeping the world and how a lot of people were going to these extremes, such as I was with suffering from orthorexia. It was the first time that I had really heard that language, orthorexia. It was the first time I had heard this wellness diet was not always a healthy thing. And that it was, you know, a very slippery slope for so many people. And that opened my eyes. And I was like, well, that can't be me. Like full on denial. That can't be me. I'm just really healthy. And I'm very disciplined, you know, like total type A behavior. Well, that's not me. Like that's other people that have that have a problem. But it was me. 100% I had to I had to have that mirror held up to me in a gentle, loving way was somebody showing me the kindness and the compassion that I couldn't show to myself. And you know even my family didn't see it. Like my kids saw it, my husband saw it, but they saw it coming over 10 20 years. So so they, gradual. I was disciplined, right? And and yeah. people people praise that discipline and this mm. is the problem. People praise weight loss we tend to see somebody that's gone through a weight loss regimen and we say wow you look fabulous what are you doing we shouldn't be especially doing as a woman i think really right? awesome. we we shouldn't be doing that that perpetuates this type of disordered eating we praise discipline so oh you're so good you never eat dessert and you always look so great and you always are so good about Exercising. (laughs) We're praising the wrong things. Yeah. Right. So, absolutely. We should be praising people loving their bodies. We should be praising showing compassion. Listen to your body. You don't feel like exercising today because you're tired. Great. Take a rest day. Take a day off. Focus on your mind. Don't always worry about what's happening on the physical body. Where are we praising the mental? the mental health? Where are we praising the emotional body and the emotions that get so lost and so stuck up in what's happening on this physical body? It was lost for me. It was so lost, Linda.
0: It's so funny you say that because I gave up gluten for quite a while. I still avoid it, but it's not completely out of my diet. And so if I'm having some kind of gluten product, food, my son will say, oh, it's a cheat day. And I'm like, wow, I don't know if I like that terminology, a cheat day. Yeah. So it's so interesting that even our vocabulary about the whole way we eat and function, but it is certainly mindfulness and awareness, noticing what feels good for your body, because really what's good for me one day might not be good two years later.
1: Right, right. And you know, what you just said is so everywhere in our society. If I go to the gym and I do an exercise class, I will hear, especially around the holidays, especially around Thanksgiving, Easter, where people do tend to be more indulgent because, you know, it's a festive time. I will hear the fitness instructor say, you know, work extra hard today to, you know, burn off that Easter bunny or that chocolate you're going to eat at Valentine's or, you know, work extra hard or thank God you're here because you're going to eat it later. And I just cringe now, like now I'm hypersensitive and I think I don't want to be part of that problem. I want to actually be educating women, especially women. I want to be educating young women from teenage years that you do not have to earn your food. You do not have to burn off your food. Mm -hmm. You do not need permission to eat. You do not need permission to take a rest day. Food and movement are mutually exclusive. They are not related. Food should be used as fuel to fuel your movement. But it is not you earn the food. You don't earn the food by moving your body. You eat the food because you're body needs that fuel and that love that only you know we can get from food. And it's tied into so many emotions. So as you can see, I I get very lit up and I get very passionate about this. And this is part of the work that I'm starting to do as I'm studying to be now also a holistic nutritionist, because I want to be able to help women to be able to understand this emotional component, where if you are finding that you are constantly going and you're opening that pantry and you're stuffing your face with, you know, food, whatever it is. Ask, Stop and ask yourself, what are you actually hungry for? Do you need a hug? Do you need love? Do you need words of affirmation? Do you need to just have time with a girlfriend to share your your thoughts and your emotions? Do you need to go sit and meditate? Do you need to journal? All the healing arts that you teach, Linda, like that's what I want people to understand that there's something else going on there because if you're always using food to soothe you, to soothe your emotions, there's something else there that you're missing. And that's what I'd rather have people understand, but to never feel that guilt. So if you are using food, try to detach that guilt cycle But instead, ask yourself some of those questions about what else it is that you need.
0: Yeah, I think that's so beautifully said, because sometimes eating can be emotional. And it's really about loving the skin we're in. It's about knowing that our bodies are the shell. It's who we are inside. And we really need to to fuel that.
1: Right. Like, when I die, I don't want people saying, wow, she was so disciplined. That Jody, she never ate dessert. Oh, that's not what we want as humans. We want people to say, wow, she was kind. She was compassionate. She was gentle. She was giving. She was generous. All the things that we want to embody, nobody's going to say she never ate the cheesecake. Wow, she never ate the birthday cake. She was so disciplined. She never ate gluten. Like nobody's going to say that. Nobody cares.
0: It's so true. It's so true. So... I love that you really noticed that. And, and that's a really great example because if we are really close to people, it's an act of, of love and kindness to maybe bring it up very kindly and gently. And that's what a true friend is. But of course we have to be willing to hear it. And so it has to be very gently.
1: Right. It, it absolutely does. That could have gone poorly. For my girlfriend who brought that up to me, I could have become very defensive and I could have, it could have hurt the friendship. So yes, it has to be done in a delicate, loving way. When this was starting to become a reality for me, I started, I'm a reader. So I started buying books. I started listening to podcasts. I went to therapy. To me, I had to surround myself then with the education to say, okay, what is this? What does it look like? How did I get here? And now how do I get myself out of this?
0: Those how- are beautiful questions, Jodi. Right? I had to do a lot of soul searching. And, and you know, it's, it's really important to know that we don't have to go it alone. We can receive support along the way. So that was, I love that. That is such a beautiful call for self-love. And for self-support, like support on your journey. And of course, I know your family would be so supportive. So how are you living your best life now?
1: I have to be honest that every day, I I believe it's very much living with orthorexia and being on my healing journey. It's still an everyday struggle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I speak of it as though it's in the past. It's not. I have to very much be mindful of how I show my, my body and my mind, love and compassion every single day. And so that's the first thing that I, that I need to share is that it's, there's no beginning and ending point. And I hear this a lot from the community that I'm a part of, you know, with people that are on their healing journey from eating disorders, whether it be anorexia, bulimia, or, you know, orthorexia binge purge disorder there's so many eating disorders and they're really misunderstood quite frankly orthorexia in particular is misunderstood because if you look like a healthy person people say well you don't have an eating disorder you're fine we tend to think of people that are anorexic who are very very thin and have very little you know body fat or we tend to think of overweight people
0: who you know struggle with their weight and maybe are doing that binge purge thing as it's a visual. If you can see, if it's, if it's very visual, it's apparent. But then we don't know if we look at the average person, really what's going on in their mind. Right. And it can be very, very difficult to detect. But back to your question,
1: what does my life look like now? And how am I living my best life? I have to have a lot of reminders that I'm worthy. I'm enough. You know, I can eat. I can eat whatever my heart feels like. So, you know, what is my body asking for? Detach it from the amount of exercise and activity I'm going to do that day. I'm still very planful on how I move my body every day because I love moving my body. So whether it be, you know, I'm going to do yoga today or I'm going to do Pilates or I'm going to go to spin class or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do some weight training whatever it is, or I'm just outside walking in nature, you know, beautiful, sunny day, definitely do that. Whatever it is, I'm very mindful about moving my body, but there is no attachment to food. So that's number one. That's how I make sure that I keep myself in check. When I start to feel those emotions that go so hand in hand with being disordered in my thoughts around food, I have to really check myself. I will do a meditation. I will. I personally love guided meditations. So whether it be, you know, doing yours or doing something to guide myself through something that is talking about showing myself self-love, loving kindness, you know, there's some really great resources to help me get through those rough days. But meditation is definitely 100% in my plans every single day. Like I just have
0: to do it. To me, it just is a game changer for my mind. Well, meditation is is exercise for the mind. So if orthorexia is initiated from the mind, then meditation is such a beautiful practice to help relieve that or to yeah. be notice it and how to move through it. Absolutely. This has been so informative, Jodi. I just love this conversation. And I think it's one that many girlfriends can have, even Friends of all gender, of course, as they go through their journey, because I feel like this podcast, many of the listeners are into wellness because they are trying to live their best life, they're trying to really notice where they are. so how can they maybe reach out to you or what can they do to move forward on their path?
1: there's a couple of ways that you can find me, so on Instagram, so I 'm Jody Pappas. I'm also Soma and Soul Nutrition is my new holistic nutrition coaching business. You can find me there on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also find me at Clean Kiss Lifestyle, which is my original baby formulating natural skincare, as you mentioned in the intro. So that's where people can find me. But I also have an offer that I want to share with everyone today, if I can.
0: Great. Sounds
1: great. Yeah. So I would love to give everyone a discount of 20% from this podcast. If you want to purchase natural skincare products, that's the best way to show your body some self-love by, you know, putting only clean products on your body, because that's the first and foremost way to show yourself an act of kindness. So you can save 20% with the code ACFL20. So that's the code. Additionally, If you go to Soma underscore Soul Nutrition on Instagram, go to the link in the bio, book a 15-minute consultation with me, and we can talk about any of your skin concerns. We can talk about disordered eating. If you want help getting back on your path, we can talk about nutrition. We can talk about anything from this podcast that resonated with you. I would love to do that and to do one-on-one consultations. That's what really actually lights me up is being able to help other women with any of the challenges that we talked about today.
0: And especially as we're aging.
1: Yes. So especially, I love talking with women that are kind of 35 plus, where they're starting to feel the struggles of aging, feeling the struggles of body image. Feeling the struggles about that, you know, the changes that they're going through because so much of it is so intertwined, right? Between the things we've been talking about, our mindset, how we move our body, what we put on our body, what we put in our body. You know, those are all the things that I love to talk about because that's, we all want to age with grace and longevity is the number one goal that we all have, right? But to do it
0: in a healthy way
1: without orthorexia, without,
0: Uh, without. That slippery slope, right? Healthy, mindful eating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining today. I feel like it was a beautiful call for self love, noticing what we're putting in our minds and bodies. And I'm so grateful you shared this time with us today, Jody.
1: Oh, thank you, Linda, for having me. I'm so honored to be your first
0: podcast guest. I know. This is so exciting. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you so much. And all the list of everything you said will be in the show notes
1: beautiful.
0: Thanks, Linda. Thank you for listening. It would mean so much to me if you could share this episode with someone you feel could benefit from its message. And subscribe to a Call for Love podcast to receive new weekly episodes every Tuesday. Head over to globalwellnesseducation.com to learn more.